The following programming is sponsored by Six Feet Over Under Productions. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Heart of Sports with Jason Springer and Jeff Cohen, powered by ELEC 825. We are thrilled to join you on WWDB 860 AM and 97.5 HD2, part of the Beasley Media Group, ready to help you move into the weekend, talking about all the news in the world of sports. Jeff, I'll ask you about defrosting from Michigan later because we're going to go right to some basketball talk, aren't we? No, we're not going to go to some basketball talk. I think first we need to go to some Eagles-Giants talk. No, come on, basketball talk. Pompey of the Philadelphia Inquirer. You got anything to say about that? No, he's got nothing. (laughs) I don't know. You you saw one team that was broken up. The quarterback (laughs) was played hurt. The the tailback came back, but he's not the same. And they were playing with a bunch of second stringers. A guy from Temple who was a walk-on was the best receiver in the game. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> wow, that was some breakdown, Keith. That made me feel good about it all. I was lucky enough to be there in the stadium to watch it firsthand. It was something special. <laughs> Everybody was like, oh, you had fun. I was like, yeah, until kickoff. It was great. <laughs> so, so, so Mr. Pompey is covering Atlanta, and then he's got to make his way to Charlotte. And in between, there's something else in Charlotte. So you don't get many chances over the last few years to come on the radio and say Hail Pitt. So go ahead. Hail Pitt, Hail Pitt. <laughs> like, here comes the guy who's like, you know you know what that is, Jason? Yeah. He just wants us to come back and say, what about those Michigan Wolverines? That's, that's that, all it is. That's all he's that's leaned all into, Keith. I have no idea what you're talking about as I put on my Michigan app. Keith, he's trying to butter you up so you don't <laughs> drop a Michigan bomb on him. Believe me, you know the game at this point. Yeah, but Michigan just going to go to the uh, playoff and get embarrassed. Hey, that's hey, what, hey, what hey, hey. <laughs> let's just stop right there. So let, let's talk since, since you, Mr. Prolific, is putting out articles left and right. Why don't we start with Tyrese Maxey, because that's the most recent thing that you've written. What What is going on with Tyrese? What are the issues with his, his offensive struggles, and what is he doing, and what are the Sixers doing to kind of get him out of that funk? You know, it, it's weird because, you know, I asked Tyrese today, um, this morning, I said, "Is it does it have anything to do with, you know, your new role? And he says, no, nah, I'm just missing shots. You know, there's times where he doesn't look as confident. Um, but, you know, you talk to him and he's, and, and then I also asked him, I said, look, you know, typically people go through a rookie wall, you know, last year, you know, as you didn't, you know, you only played 17 minutes. So it's not like you had time to go through that wall. Now you're leading a team with 35.5, um, minutes per game. Are you tired? He says, no, I, I feel great. He just says that right now he's just going through a slump where he's missing a lot of shots. So. You know, I, I don't think that they're doing, excuse me, anything differently um, because he's a guy, he came in yesterday, they flew to Atlanta the night before, he gets up yesterday and he goes to the gym and he works, you know, tirelessly in the gym just getting up these shots. And I think that he thinks it's just a matter of, you know, getting through it. Now, if I'm the Sixers, I'm going to try to see where I can get him some easy baskets, you know, to whereas, you know, he can get himself in a little bit of a rhythm. But, but right now, they always said that, you know, his role is when these guys are not on the floor, that they want him to attack in, in the score. And, and, and right now, I guess he has to uh, give way to Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris in regards to ball handling at times and in, in, in regards to being 
the primary score. Look, his minutes are obviously up, and I mean his scoring's up ten points a game this season, so he's definitely producing more. He seems more confident. But this team won eight of their first ten games. I know COVID happened to them and a lot of injuries, but after dropping a game to the Celtics the other night, they're now eleven and eleven. Uh, what is the state of this team, Keith Pompey? You know, we, it's, it's, it's really hard to say because, you know, you can come out and you can say, hey, they're trash, they're this, they're that. Look at them. They lost, what was it? You know, they only won eight eight games since the first 10, right? But at the same time, I, I think that we have to be fair and we have to give this team a couple more um, games to play. Now, it doesn't look good. It just doesn't. But I think that right now, like, if there's a team that, that doesn't have any rhythm, it's the 76ers. You know, you got guys like George Niang who came in here to be a 15-minute-a-game guy who's basically started several games, played a lot of minutes. You know, uh, uh, like Tyrese Maxey, for instance, you know, he's a guy that, you know, we thought he'll give up the ball, go to the corner, and just watch. And then he became the, the leading scorer. So now all those roles in the be- roles in the beginning – they have to go back to them and, and see what they can do. But I will say this, if they go one and three on this road trip um, and, you know, they already lost one, but if they can only get another, just one more win, I think that's when it's time to hit the panic button a little bit because I don't see the road getting any easier with Utah at home and then uh, Golden State coming. So All right. I think that the fans are going to go crazy. So, so when you say the panic button, does that mean that this pushes up their timeline for for trying to trade Ben Simmons, and at that point, trading for Ben Simmons for whatever they can get, it doesn't matter. You know what? It's, that's a great question, but I also think it's the opposite. I mean, and, and what I mean by that is, like, right about now, it's kind of like no one's going to give them what they want. Now, I, I believe, like, if the Sixers became a contender, and they were saying to themselves whoa, we're like a couple players away from like beating Brooklyn. Then I think that that's when they have to seriously consider about all the stuff that they want. Like when they know they're a couple of players away, right? Not a superstar, but a couple of players away. Now, when you start struggling, then all of a sudden it's like, "Mm, well, we're not going to get what we're going to get. And let's say if we trade him and we trade him for role players and then is that role player going to help us to get to the playoffs or to, to win and go to the Eastern Conference Finals? No. So I, I think that that's when they start thinking, well, you know what? We'll just tell them to stay home for the rest of the year, and then we'll try to do a signing trade for, like, James Harden, <laughs> you know, in the offseason. So right now, if I know that they haven't had a chance to mesh. But if you had to look in your crystal ball right now, are they a couple players away from competing with the Nets or are they a couple players away from competing with the Cleveland Cavaliers? Well, I, I, you know, it is. Who, by the way, are ahead of them right now in the standing. Yeah, yeah, I, I get you. You know, Stump I, I think the it's Keith. probably somewhere in between. You know what I mean? I think mm-hmm. they could be better than Cleveland, I think. You know, I haven't really, I hate to say it, I haven't paid, because you're so used to Cleveland being down there where Detroit is that um, you haven't really paid too much attention to them. Uh, I know they are playing well, but that's why I honestly think this game, not this one um, tonight against Atlanta, but the two-game series in Charlotte, 
because that's a team that I, I consider like closer to, to Cleveland. You know, they have like young stars. Like LaMelo is like the truth. He's the best ball brother out there, right? And then you have a guy from Michigan State. He spurned uh, Michigan, but he went to Michigan State in Miles wow. Bridges. You're really Ooh. doing that homework. <laughs> yeah. So, so you look at those two guys and you say to yourself, like, you know, wow. And, and let, let, let's face it. I mean, um, you know, they have some, those teams have some guards who could really help the 76ers out in regards to running offense. So, all right. Look, I obviously read the things you say, and I know that they have a basis, but then, like, I see the clickbait that drives Jeff crazy. So every day there's a different headline. Simmons has money troubles. Maury's still pursuing James Harden. Uh, You have to write stories when he shows up to practice at the Wells Fargo Center at this point. It becomes a story. What is the actual story that we know at this point about where the Sixers are with Ben Simmons and where Ben Simmons is with the Sixers? Basically, I think the story is the stuff I told you a couple minutes ago that is kind of like in the, you know, the people are telling me it's kind of like in the holding pattern. You know, I mean, you know, we could wait until, what is it, what was December the 3rd? I mean, we could wait until like 12 more days to see what opens up, right? And, and, and that's going to be good. But at the same time, I think before they make a move, is a lot's going to happen beside where they are in the standings, how they're playing. Because, you know, let's face it, unless Joel Embiid is playing at an extremely high level, they can't win. They cannot, they can't probably won't even come out of the first round. I hate to say that, but unless Joel Embiid is playing, you know, as great as Tyrese Maxey played during that stretch, they were taking a lot of losses. They were, you know, taking L's. So, you know, my thing is why I said a holding pattern, if the Sixers are competitive, then yeah, I can see them moving. And there will be place the guys that they can move them for. Like, you know, they can they can basically go get and I'm, what I mean by role players, I'm talking about like quality role players, like guys who could have made the all-star team, guys who were one of the most improved players in the league, and they can throw in some young talent. And with those teams, they will probably be teams who are losing and teams that want to get a Ben Simmons type because they know that free agents aren't coming there. Well, the Sixers could get that, and they can also get a lottery pick. But if the Sixers are struggling and then they're getting all that, you're basically starting over from scratch next year. You know, you just have Joel Embiid and a lottery pick, you know? So so it's that's where that, – that's the tricky thing. Now, and again, like that stuff about um, uh, James Harden, um, you know, because I talked to sources two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago, who told me about that. So then the next story that comes out is, yes, the Brooklyn Wet Nets are aware that the Sixers are eyeing yeah. James Harden. <laughs> not so not that like, Brooklyn's interested in moving James Harden, just that they're aware that the Sixers would like yeah. to consider that. Yeah, so it, it's kind of like you, you want to say, well, well Dag, I think they uh, were aware three weeks ago <laughs> when it came out. But nah, I mean – this is just how it is right now, you know, in, in, in the media, when something gets uh, it gets slow and then everything comes out. Like, did y'all see the report that he was already traded to Houston? <laughs> and a, a guy who was really reputable hit me up. A guy who was in the league, he hits me up and he says, is it true that Brent Ben was traded? And I was like, well, where did you see that? At? And he sent me an article where it was written as if he was traded to the Houston Rockets. And, you know, I read it and I, and I said, man, this is fake. And he's like, 
oh, thank you, thank you. Like, <laughs> come on, man. So, so uh, right now, the only person I think you've made happy on, on on that particular news are those guys that that sell T-shirts outside the stadium with with Ben Simmons stuff. Before we before we let you go, um, the 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 last question I have at least is. Joel Embiid was seven for thirty-three, I think, over the last two games. He's seven foot plus. There is no way, even if you're coming back from COVID, that you're that you should be that far away from the basket and missing that many shots. Is is Doc Rivers frustrated by the way Joel is playing, or is this part of the plan? You know, I, I, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I can see a little bit of of frustration. This is just me talking. But then also when I see him playing that far away, I'm wondering if he has how much confidence he has in his knee. And that's something that he's not talking about because when you roll to the basket, you you, you, you know you're going to run into someone. And I'm wondering how much that has to do with the knee, um, that he's not there. Now, the problem is it looks bad. And it looks bad to a point where beforehand, everyone kept saying that would happen because of Ben was clogging up the space. Well, Ben Simmons isn't there, so there's no excuse on why this guy is shooting threes late in the game, you know. So, but the only thing I can say is is possibly the knee. And the thing about Joel, you know, we've been talking about this for a while. I mean, you know, he was criticized by Charles Barkley and Shaq, and then he said, "Yes, I have to play better." And then after he had a couple thirty-point games, he went back to say, "Hey, I'm a modern big man." We shoot from the outside. We do a lot. So this is part of his makeup. But I also, I'm wondering if if some of it has to do with his knee and going into traffic and stuff like that. Yeah, look, I mean, it's a lot more pounding on the body and conditioning throughout the game to play that type of basketball. Keith, we're going to let you go cover the game. I know you'll be trying to draw draft to Charlotte with you to celebrate Pitt while you can beat him up about Michigan since the games are on at the same time. I'll let you try and figure that out. Uh, happy travels and uh, follow everybody at Pompeii on Sixers. Read your stuff in the Enquirer. Thanks for the time, man. Before I go, I got two things to say. Uh-oh. <laughs> Jason, y'all can't lose to the Giants again and act like you guys are, you know, champions. I picked them 6-11 and and to start the season, Keith, so I have no expectation. Okay. And so. Jeff... <laughs> And there's recordings of it. Wait, so. wait, wait, wait. Let him Number get this two. in because the second we hang up on him, then I get my set. Number two is coming <laughs> in, Jeff. And Jeff, y'all can't lose to Iowa, man. Like, y'all were acting like y'all won, won a national championship like three years in a row. They was acting like they were Alabama after they won that. I game. know. I sent y'all you video of it. And just just so we're clear, okay, because I have, I have evidence of this. You even said to me at one point, You're, I'm making you a Michigan fan. Oh, yeah, I like the way they were singing. All right, we're going to have to do a deeper dive into that the next time Keith Pompey joins the show. I'm for calling the team trash after, like, hey, I call it Yes, you are. if y'all lose to Iowa, they'll be trash. You are officially trash again. I'm guessing you do that at Thanksgiving dinner to relatives. Keith Pompey. Keith Pompey. I did it to my wife. Happy covering. Your family was trash. So oh, you right. yikes. Like, only joking, only joking. <laughs> let, let's, you might want to stay on the road you, longer. Keith on pay, traveling <laughs> perpetually. Take, take care, Keith. Take it easy, Keith. No problem, man. All right, so we're going to go right from the basketball talk and the Sixers, Jeff. We're going to go right into the union. The man himself who gets an extra game to have his voice 
be the serenade for everybody on Sunday. Yeah. Kevin Casey, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, fellas. How are you guys making out? We're good, but we're not as good as you. You get to go down there and, and do it one more time. Tell me the surprise when we see New England lose the other night, and all of a sudden you you got another day of work. Yeah, I hope you didn't have oh, didn't man. have a vacation scheduled. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And I'll tell you what, I I kept telling myself I wasn't going to get emotionally involved in that uh, NYCFC New England match, and you know they go into extra time, and New York scores, and all of a sudden my son and I are jumping around the house, and then. New England, New England levels it, and you're like, "Oh, we were that close!" And then, like, uh, yeah, you know, I, I was emotionally involved. It was like the last, the last two weeks have just been absolutely bonkers, man. It's, it's more fun than than one should be allowed to have at, at a working environment. So it's just, uh, I can't wait until Sunday. Well, that's it. So you you follow up the the game that ends with McLean's kick, and then you have this. What's it? What has it been like for you to to be there to call that and see? the union on the precipice of making the MLS cup. I mean, it's just special right now. The environment in, in the, in the stadium is, is phenomenal. It's electric. It's, it's, it's a feeling and, and the union really have a different, uh, a different vibe in that there's really a connection with the fan base. So there really is a sense. And I know it's like this with most teams, but there definitely is a sense with the union that we're all in this together, you know, so we're all kind of experiencing this together and, it just feels like there's something special in the air, you know, with Glessness's uh, miracle goal at the 123rd against New York Red Bulls. And then you kind of got the sense in the second game that we played against Nashville that we blew our chances, right? We had so many chances to, to end it before penalties. And then it's like, I think we might have just blew our shot. Like, we're going to lose his penalties. And then, no, like, Blake comes out of nowhere and, like, becomes legend that he already was but uh yeah there's definitely a feeling like something special in the air right now well so just so you know you need to go out there and actually take a penalty shot if it happens i'm ready just just because just so you know last week we had jack on and then he came in and he made that so if we're to follow suit and make it to the mls you've got this it's up to you now (laughs) to go to to go to the coach and say coach i want this i got it give me the ball i'm going lower right right because if i go well don't tell them it doesn't matter if i put in the right spot nobody in the world can save it okay you know that's confident let's take you back to these last two weeks because uh for people who don't follow you on facebook or twitter I got the best feel of the stadium through the videos that your family got while in the box with you. Uh, the yeah. celebration that your son had after the glassness kick, the yeah. celebration your family had after the Blake saves. Uh, tell me yeah. what it was like to have your family there. I mean, the stadium was shaking. It was amazing. And there you are with your family yeah. experiencing it together. What's that like? Uh, you know what? It's it's such a, uh, such a unique experience having the ability to, uh, first of all, Having uh, the kids be so into it, you know, my 11-year-old is, is a diehard, and uh, my my 16-year-old, she loves it too. And so, uh, you know, having them in the booth with me. Now, I, I, on most occasions, will tell them that, you know, it is kind of a working environment because, funny story, after the first video that Micah took on the Glessness goal, the PA announcer from the Seattle Sounders, who's a, uh, a British voice, announces behind closed glass, and it's very serene he's like you know in a, in a sort of laughing way saying glad you're keeping it nice and uh, calm and professional and so i i tweeted him back i'm like this is philly man we don't do calm <laughs> so you know it's been just uh it's been a special experience to have him there i had him with me uh when we won our first playoff game against new york and i have a great picture of 
you know, my arm around them and us celebrating that goal. And, uh, yeah, just to have it there, uh, is, is really been, uh, been, a, been a great experience. And, uh, yeah, hopefully, uh, we'll do a round three on Sunday. Well, that's it. So we're now a little less than 48 hours away. Uh, how did, how, how are you getting prepared for the game and, and what have you heard about how the union are dealing with, with these supposed issues about do people have COVID or don't they? It's almost as if like the, the, uh, the script writers for this season, like, like they just got to relax a little bit here because I, I can, my stomach can't take all these concerns, you know? So, you know, if it was a, if this was like a, a television series, it'd be like, this is too hokey now, but yeah, no, can you believe it? So yeah, uh, Jim Curtin's noon press conference, he comes out with the word and now all of, all of union nation is up at, we have no idea really. I mean, I don't, I don't know anything more than anybody else, you know? So my only hope is that, uh, I, 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 my only hope is that a lot of these guys come through with negative tests and it's going to be a minimal amount of disruption to the, to the starting 11 on Sunday. And I don't think we're really going to know. I mean, I, I believe they can, they can go all the way up to an hour before match time with negative tests. So um, it's definitely um, something you don't want to have to be thinking about, you know, two days before a match, especially if you're Jim and the guys. But I do believe that I, I truly think Jim has enough confidence in everybody on that team from the, from the young homegrowns uh, all the way up to the veterans that there's, there's a next man up mentality. And I think there's something special in the fact if we can get it done without our, our, uh, our, our top 11, you know, it just goes to just um, how much of a warriors these guys are uh, out on the pitch. So hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll get it done. Well, see, you said the two magic words, Jim Curtin, if, is there a better coach to have in this league or any sport at this point? Than Jim Curtin, the way that he has handled the last few years, the way he's handled young players, the way he's handled next man up mentality. Is there anybody that you'd have more confidence in in this situation than him? No, and you know what? It, it has not always been smooth sailing for Jim. Right there was a there was a stretch of time earlier in his tenure where uh, there was a lot of criticism thrown his way. And what I've always respected and loved about Jim is that he was he never wavered. He was always on an even keel. Uh, through good times and bad times, and uh, he is definitely—you definitely get the sense from him that if you're um, a professional soccer player, Jim Curtin is the guy that you want to play for. You know, he's definitely a, a player's a player's coach, and he he gets Philadelphia, um, so he gets the area. He's obviously a Philly guy, follows the other teams in the area, and I, I just think he's one of us. You know, that's that's the kind of uh, feeling you get from Jim—that he's one of us. That's the best way to put it. He's, he's one of us. And look, you know, we talk about the challenges facing the union going to this game. Uh, NYCFC played 120 minutes on two days less rest coming in here. Their star who won the Golden Boot, Valentin Castellanos, who had the goal that put them up before your family lost their mind when they lost the tie, uh, is, right. had got an unnecessary red card. It was so silly. And now he'll so be silly. out of this game. So, I mean, you know, talk a little bit about what you expect to see. You're somebody who's watched NYCFC and the other teams all season. For our listeners who aren't familiar, what are they going to see coming in here? Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, they are, they're a team that, that wanted to, uh, to to press you. I think that's going to be a little bit less with, with Castellanos not in there. So, you know, I could I can envision them trying to park the bus a little bit uh, and – and really defend and defend to try and get the game stretched out as long as they can. Now, that's all being said according to what we're, we can roll out on Sunday, too. You know, Now, I think the playing field has been leveled a little now with, with what 
if we can't roll out our top 11, New York might get a little more aggressive now, and then it's a completely different ball game. So, um, you know, Sean Johnson, a national team keeper, um, is a guy that can go win a game for you. Um, but I just think there's enough depth and quality on the on the union side that, uh, you know, we, we can go and get them. And, uh, you know, I think we're coming off revenge on them. Uh, we lost 2-0 to them in Subaru at the beginning of the year. So at our place, uh, you know, uh, I just think that uh, all of the signs point. You know, if you look at our, our guys up top there, uh, Santos, Shabilko, uh, I think they're just waiting to break through with uh, with a with a, a batch of goals coming from them. You know, Santos has just been in a rough patch, and and, and guys up top when they when that happens to them, there's a time where they break out, and when they break out, they break out in a big way. And hopefully that's Sunday. You know, Gazdog's been in a good good spell for us so i think we just got a lot of guys that are uh that are in, in a good form right now and, and ready to uh get the job done on sunday all right so as one hour before what's the pregame routine for mr casey what are you doing to get ready for the game how do you get jacked up so one hour before uh you know i'm probably finishing up my pregame meal got my chocolate chip cookies in my belly and uh you know probably just go over um go over uh, some pronunciations of uh, NYCFC and, uh, you know, just looking to wait for that crowd to get in there. When that crowd get in there, when it's closer to like 10 minutes before and the crowd's juiced up, that's when that's when the adrenaline starts to flow. And it's like, you know, getting to announce that starting 11 lineup after the whole pregame and everybody's fired up, like there's there's nothing better than that. It never gets old. And, and I just love every second of it. So it's just going to be – it's going to be special uh, – uh, trying to uh, get through those starting 11s uh, during the pregame there and, and feeling that energy from the crowd. So it's going to be awesome. Well, look, we can't wait to be down there and, and hear you on the call announcing everybody. Kevin, excited to get this chance again. Uh, it's pretty cool that, that it's here at home. Uh, good luck every, to everybody on Sunday yeah. and uh, look forward to talking to you again. We'll have to have you come on and you can like do an intro, announce us for the show, some type of drop. We'll, you know, we'll let you rest your voice now. But we'll get that the yeah, next I'm time you're on. <laughs> I'm telling you what, man, you guys got me fired up right now. That I don't know if I can wait to something. I'm gonna have to go run this off. Hey, hey, make, hey, make, make sure you well, make sure you save us a couple cookies, and we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs> I can't guarantee that, man. I'm a huge cookie guy. <laughs> <laughs> have a great one, Kevin. All right, Thanks fellas, so much. Be man. good, man. Have a great weekend. Thanks for having me on, guys. Go Take Union, it easy. Jeff. It's all right. Go Union. I can't imagine how crazy it was in his household. I know he was watching along because I was following on Twitter and Facebook his posts, mm-hmm. and I mean, what what was your reaction to first the Andre Blake wall in extra time? The fact that Nashville couldn't hit the target when they weren't hitting. I, him. I don't understand. See, I I know how hard he has to and goalies have to work for to practice for that. They have to know the tendencies and look at the video of shots that people have taken. And it's that's a lot of work beforehand, and it shows you how prepared he is and how prepared the union have him for that. But to just stone them so they don't score at all, at all, in such a critical game, is amazing to me. You texted me. How about the ice in his veins of our guest from last week, Jack McGlynn? eighteen years old. Told coach he wanted told, the ball. Tells the coach he wants the ball. It's what you want. <sighs> 
I, I don't have that kind of courage now. <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have the courage, Kevin, to say you want the mic. <laughs> plus, uh, plus, I kick with the left foot, so uh, um, I screw everybody up. You know, we should mention, so reports out there that FC Cincinnati does want Jim Curtin. We talk about Good for how, them. how great he is. Well, that's the thing. I want a lot of things in life. Yeah, I, I want Nick Saban. I mean, like, like, okay, good for you. Why would, why would he leave his hometown on the verge of making the MLS Cup Finals to go to Cincinnati? Uh, he responded today, I have two years on my contract. This is where I'm going to be. This is part of the game. It's flattering. I know they're going to have successes. So he is not going anywhere. But uh, <laughs> it's that time of year where everybody Plus Cincinnati, about- this time of year, is a dangerous place to be for those that have ever watched WKRP in Cincinnati. It's that time for Dr- the turkey watch out, drop. Watch out for turkeys. That's right. See, I'm prepared <laughs> with that. Jeff, why don't we hit the break before we go off the live? You can follow us on the stream afterwards, and uh, we'll be right back. Stick with us. Operating engineers are the men and women that move mountains. And the Engineers Labor Employer Cooperative, ELEC, puts them to work. They create opportunities for the men, women, and union signatory contractors of Local 825, repaving our roads, keeping our homes bright and warm, and even building our favorite team stadium. We understand infrastructure. That's why ELEC and Local 825 are ready to get to work. Jeff, I know it's cold outside, but I want to come back with a little baseball. I don't think you're allowed to sing that song anymore. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, I want to come back with a little baseball talk. A lot going on in baseball. Uh, No, nothing's going on. That's the problem. Well, in the same week, they dropped about $2 billion. They also locked out their players and went like shadow on everybody. Well, let's start with the big news. (laughs) The Phillies started with the major splash right beforehand. They spent all of that money. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That wasn't them. That was the Texas Rangers. They signed Corey Kniebel, who apparently will be a closer in their bullpen. He's going to bet on himself and... Try and come back, but no. Um, a lot of the money went. Wait, to... wait, 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 wait. What? what do you mean he's gonna bet on himself and try to come back? Because I guess his thought is that if he has a good year, he can get more. Trying of a longer to come. Term no, no. Contract. Hold on. Let's let's try. He this had again. Tommy John surgery. Thank you. Yes, that's my point. Yeah. So, so he's so, betting on himself. So, so their big splash was to go out and get a guy who had Tommy John surgery. Are you telling me it didn't work out for David Robertson here when they tried that? Mm, maybe not. <laughs> is that is that what you're trying to tell yeah. me? <laughs> I mean, if they want like... a guy who's coming back from Tommy John surgery, they have their own Sir Anthony Dominguez. They didn't have to go out and spend money on that. That shouldn't have been the splash. So you don't think this is going to work out? Maybe they come back and they get Correa. I don't know. But but right now, they made no splash beforehand. Uh, then again, the Yankees didn't either. But it, the it, Mets spent a lot of money. Yeah, but is what? how old is Max Scherzer? About 72? Well, like, it's only I mean, a three-year deal. Only? Yeah. At the highest rate ever? Actually, it's a two-year deal with an opt-in. Right. So, you know, they for the isn't it the highest amount per year of a pitcher? I guess they think well, they're ready to go for it, and you make DeGrom and Scherzer your one, too. It's pretty good. but uh, Look, I think DeGrom is an amazing pitcher. He can't stay in a game anymore. You surprised the Rangers spent as much money as they did? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll just, I, have, I have a lifelong bet that the Rangers will never win the World Series. So, <laughs> so <laughs> I don't want them spending any money. Plus, they play in, in a building that looks like a grill. 
No. <laughs> you, you keep saying that every time. So it's funny you say I that. I was we, there this summer. It does. It we, looks like a grill. And this is the reason I went to baseball, because we had a fun time on, on Monday night. And yeah. you got to ask a couple of umpires about what different stadiums look like and where they like to be in. And what did they say? That looks like a grill. It looks like a grill. Right. But also that, that a lot of them like the older ballparks to call games in better than the newer park. Yeah, when you have an umpire say that one of the best stadiums to call a game in is, is Tropicana Field. I think that's the only good thing that's ever been said about Tropicana Field. I was going to say the best and something and stadium in the same sentence is not usually said with Tropicana Field. No, it is not. But if you, it, Unless you want to go pet a stingray. And so that's really cool. Launch to our listeners where we were Monday for Ums Care and what we were doing. Well, so so we went down to Citizens Bank Park. Uh, the Phillies, in conjunction with Ump's Care, uh, had some of the umpires in to speak with and and do a course with kids who want to be umpires. And and it's 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 pretty amazing because you know for people that don't know, umpires go through the same process that baseball players do. You are you gonna live? Uh, yeah, I'm, t- I'm trying not to do it near the mic. They don't have a mute button over here. so Yeah, I Brett, you have to come in here and do CPR while I do the rest of the show. I have to like okay? go out of the studio yeah. in order not to like choke <laughs> on the air. So. So, 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 so back to the game. Um, the umpire, the, so they brought in Chris Conroy in this particular instance. Chris has been on our show. He was the home plate umpire for game one of this year's World Series to talk to kids about being an umpire. And he stayed through... Uh, a question and answer series and then they went down into the cages and did ump drills and he sat there you know going through it with them and i can't tell you how amazed i was not only at his impact with them but their knowledge of baseball and umpiring the kids yeah when 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 two kids ask an umpire were you the guy five years ago that broke your finger behind home plate and and they didn't know he was going to be the umpire there at yeah. night. It, 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 you know, people don't realize there's, there are people that are passionate for being umpires, which thank goodness, because that leads to good umpiring. But it, it, is, it was amazing. But it, the work that they're doing, and, you know, we've had people on talking about Ums Care and the different charities they're involved in many times. It, it's, you know, keep that in mind. I'm not telling you if you don't want to complain because your favorite team got a bad call, feel free. You're entitled to do it. This they're is America. They're used to it. Yeah. But, but keep in mind, these are really good guys. Yeah, they're they're, yeah. they're definitely doing their best. And I, I joked with uh, the umpire, Chris. I was like, uh, I need to take notes on some of the questions these kids are asking for the next time they come on. <laughs> this was good stuff that they were doing. I do have to tell you, though, and I, I didn't get a chance because I was going to walk up and go right behind him and stand next to him because he said he was 6'4", which means I think I'm taller than I've always thought I was. I'm glad you could have that accomplishment. I've never had anything like that in my life. Don't you worry. I never think that I'm taller than I am. I'm going to have somebody come up to you that's like five feet, and they're going to say they're six foot two, and then you can. (laughs) I'm still going to be short. Don't you worry about it. But, you know, we are going to, we're going to do more work with Ums Care. Um, Hopefully, Chris is going to get his World Series ring printed soon, and we are going to hopefully have him in here and do that World Series ceremony. Yes, we are going to do a ring presentation. That's right. Uh, because umpires deserve love, too. Let's let's go back to a little basketball. We moved right off it with Keith. Um, your thoughts, uh, this team is frustrating. Which team are you talking about? The Sixers. Oh, that team. Uh, obviously shorthanded at the same time. Look, people can say what they want about Ben. The defense this year is 20th. They're giving up uh, about 13 more points per 100 possessions right now. Right. 
So there was something he might have done that was okay. Uh, Who? No, well, nobody questioned that his defense was good. No, he just yeah. had to stay on the court. Well, th- he doesn't want to play. He doesn't so, want to be so on the you, court. So you can't play defense or offense if you don't want to play. So other than Damian Lillard with a, a abdominal injury, which might concern you a little bit, does the upheaval in Portland getting rid of their general manager, do you think that does anything to the trade market? No, because they, they didn't get rid of their general manager because of the way they were playing. They got rid of their general manager for, for extracurricular reasons. I, I know they did, but so that Lillard was the general manager's first pick. There was a sentimentality to that general manager, to that particular player. Now, I know Lillard's a special player there, but you know what happens when new regimes come in and they don't necessarily have a tie to a player. So that's why I well, asked. Yeah, but you're not going to have a new regime come in, in the middle of the season. The, the people that are currently in the front office are going to be there. Chauncey uh, Billups is still the coach and probably is going to call the shots for the time. And being. we'll see how well Portland is doing after Damian Lillard misses 10 games. About the same as the Sixers are doing. Which puts teams in a position to try to make moves. That's all I'm saying is I wonder whether situations like that change it. Now, look, how concerned are you about Embiid? His conditioning does not look where it it needs to be right now. And his mid-range game is clearly struggling. I said it to Keith. We can talk about him going down on the block all day. That wears you out, and he doesn't seem to have that energy to do it. Well, that's my concern. It's, uh, I didn't even think of a knee. I thought of conditioning again because when when Joel looks out of shape conditioning, the way you can tell is when he stops at the three-point line on both sides, and that's what I'm starting to see again. And I'm hoping – look, he had a, a, a hard bout with COVID by his own admission, admission and as somebody who's gone through that, I'm no athlete, and I know how hard it you is. You still have. Yeah, and so you you got to give him time. What what frustrates me is that there's just no way that you should not be 50% plus when you are 7 feet tall, no matter what kind of conditioning you're in. Andre, two bright spots, Andre Drummond and Seth Curry. Seth Curry's over 41% from deep. Andre Drummond averaging 10 rebounds in 22 minutes a night. Uh Obviously an upgrade from Dwight Howard last year. Your thoughts on those two players right now? <laughs> you just said it all. He's obviously a huge upgrade from Dwight Howard, not just in the intensity that he brings, the way that he plays, the proficiency that he plays with, but the professionalism he plays with. If there's anything that frustrated me more than anything about having Dwight Howard on this team was his lack of professionalism as a leader, as somebody who's a veteran, and what I mean by that is the dumb fouls, the the technicals. The, he just he always seemed to be, and it was always towards the end of a game, did something that you would think somebody of, of his experience and maturity would be stopping a younger player, would be pulling that younger player aside and say, man, you can't do that. And instead, he was the guy doing it. And it just kind of baffled me that that's the way he is. And quite frankly, he's doing it in L.A. too. Look what he he got in a fight with one of his players, one of his teammates. Yeah, that's not you can't, exactly. You can't be doing that. That's not what you want a veteran for. No, not at all. Look, you know, I, I'm I'm wondering your thoughts on the landscape of the NBA right now. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of people are out for COVID. You know, you look at LeBron, who's going to come back from it. Lillard out 10 days. Zion's returns delayed. John Morant's out a few weeks. Brooke Lopez is out for the Bucks. Bam's out, Michael Porter's out, Devin Booker's out. 
how does that change? I mean, you talked about it yourself. Cleveland is basically in the top eight right now. They've drafted well. So, They're but, putting together a team. But so how? Do but it's not because it's not because Cleveland sucks. I mean, it's easy. It's easy to say you say Cleveland and you just automatically assume they're bad. But, but how do not. these injuries to the other teams change how these teams' philosophies? You know, Michael Porter Jr. is gone for the season. Brooke Lopez, they won't have him with black back surgery. They're gonna have to make some moves with Milwaukee. So you'll have buyers that weren't gonna buy based on their injuries and sellers who are now out of it because they've lost players and aren't as competitive anymore. So maybe there's more places for Ben. Well, that's my hope, but they're not doing anything to improve Ben's value at well, this it's, point. Well, it's still not Christmas. I mean, look, in the NBA season does not start till Christmas. And the Sixers aren't playing on Christmas this year, which yep. tells you everything about where they are uh-huh. right now. No, well, no, no, that's not true. It they does. S- they schedule it before the season starts. And everybody knew what this team was going to be this year. No, every- yes. no. The, the Sixers were still expected to be top They're four in the They're not the sexy story this year. They're not the fun young team. They're not the villain. They're not anything. They're vanilla, frankly. Like they're not gonna, they're not the game that people tune into right now. They're not the top rivalry. They're just not. Okay. You you think they are? I don't think right now they are. But if before the season started, I did. Without Ben. Without Ben, yeah. I didn't. I I didn't think you have the best center in the NBA. I understand. I just didn't think that was what the NBA wanted to feature. Well, they didn't wanted to feature some other stuff. Yep. All right, so we talked a little bit about the NFL. Uh, you were there at the game. What did you see, Eagles? Which Jets? game? I was at. Well, okay, we'll get to Michigan soon. Yeah. Don't, uh, give me time. I need to like have <laughs> space for that. Okay, I'll get there. <laughs> I'm going to give you. I, I, he needs to leave the studio. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give you your Michigan time. Just let's get there. Uh, you were at the Eagles game with your son. And the funny Eagles thing. Fan. The funny thing is, is you're so so not looking forward to the Michigan time. That you're forgetting that the, the game that you want to talk about is the one where your team lost. I don't really want to talk to about any team. of these games, frankly. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really. Look, other than the union, there is very yeah. little good going on in Philadelphia. Yeah, sports don't even get to the right Flyers. Like, we, we just can't even talk the about The Flyers it. can't yeah. score a goal and can't stay healthy. The Phillies. Spears doing well, the though. The Phillies can't even get into their stadium right now. The Eagles are losing on the road to the Giants, and the Sixers are now 11 and 11. The Union are literally the only bright spot right now in this town. They, there better be a big fat parade for the, for the Union if they win. All right, so it was an ugly, ugly game. Uh, I was there. I care more about the experience with your son because normally you guys are there cheering on the same team together, and is it. True rumor has it you wouldn't even high five each other at this point. Yep, we sat next <laughs> to each other. We did not have well. I, uh, to be fair, <laughs> a, a, as the dad, the wonderful dad, I did offer high fives to well, him. Well, wait. The now problem wait a is, is that you were your team was also <laughs> winning, so it's not the wonderful dad. You're not very magnanimous there by doing that. Well, see that, but see that's the beauty of 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 a child growing up is now na- is now that this was. I actually look for as as much as as a dad. I enjoy these the bonding moments, being at the World Series together and rooting for the Phillies and stuff. This was kind of a different kind of fun. I took my kid to a game and we sat there and and talked smack to each other. <laughs> <laughs> for for were, and, were you impressed by his smack talking game? No, but no. I, but but, but, but <laughs> so we need to practice. <laughs> yes, 
Yeah, because he's got the skies falling mentality that you have when it comes to, to Philadelphia. <laughs> well, we've been trained through time exactly. to feel that way, yeah. Jeff, in but, fairness. But I got to tell you, so, you know, we we were sit- sitting out, we didn't, we didn't luxury box it like like you did. Yes. We, we we were we were with the common people, oh, and so and so. I'm just he, not quite a man of the wore, people. He wore Eagles clothing proudly very to nice. the game, and he sat next to not not just his dad, but he sat on the other side. There were Giants fans, and behind him were Giants fans, and they talked to him the whole game. Nobody was spitting on him putting beer on them, any of that stuff. That's a big, broad, sweeping thing. Uh, no, no, I'm not saying that. everybody does it, but I am saying that there that you can, there are ways to have, like, I don't understand, and it's not all Eagles fans, but there there is a small group of them that, that feel that they need to do these things. And, you know, there's an example to be set, not just because it's Giants or anything. I just think that you can do that, and you can talk smack to each other, and you can do it in a kind of a fun way. It was a interesting atmosphere there before the game. There were lots of Eagles fans. Uh, you want to talk about a late arriving crowd? My God, I don't know if they hit the traffic, but there was nobody there at kickoff in their seats. I I parked at that two billion dollar mall. That's, <laughs> that, that was my way of avoiding traffic. <laughs> you parked uh, in now. N- now the question is: Is don't you wish Jalen Rager had driven to the game on his own and got stuck in that traffic? Because I mean, look, you've seen me. I I rarely use social media, but I have put up the stats of comparing Jefferson to Rager for a while now. Yes. And it there is nothing more warranted in a comparison. You hate to compare one player to another player in a draft and stuff like that, but the Eagles asked for this. They had the chance to get them, and they knew that Jefferson was better. But they thought that they were going to get a guy that, I mean, if you go back, I went back and looked at some of the quotes. I wish I had them here because it's baffling to think of the logic they had even back then and to watch him basically drop a win. It's, it is baffling to watch how bad a receiver That's why he I've is. enjoyed the trash talk from Keith. It's like literally we lost because our receiver couldn't catch the ball. <laughs> well, well, that and, and, and Jalen Hurts. I mean, look, there were lots of appears reasons to Jay. not be able to tell the difference between green and blue. Okay, so there's a few things. Where were you seats in terms of your perspective on the game? Because you see the game differently when you're. I when was you're up high. high. Okay, again, so, I was so with you the common. Saw, no, man. no, because the, the, where I was sitting was not very low. It was kind yeah. of midway, and so yeah. you could see and the warm. play develop. You could see the plays where Goddard or where Devontae Smith were mm-hmm. wide open yeah. and never got looked at. So why didn't he throw it to him? Apparently it's he has not a like problem. the Giants' defense is that good. Apparently he has a problem with the first progression, second progression, third progression. But, I mean, even on the last play that he tried to throw it to Rager, Devontae Smith was open twice. There were two windows to, to throw that ball into. And you could see after the, the game, he's kind of galloping around. He was not very happy that he didn't get the ball. I don't care what another team does. You can't have your two top receivers get three targets in the game. Shouldn't Jalen be taking care of his 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 brother from Alabama? Look, I, I mean, there be. there should be a Bama well, connection Rager, right Rager. there, shouldn't there? Well, Jalen Smith should, but at this point, he needs to get the ball. The fact is, they ran for over two hundred yards. They still as terrible as that play calling was. There was a sequence, I think it was in the in the second quarter, and they came out, they're running the ball. It's third and two. They've been running for huge chunks, 10 yards, 15 yards. 
all of a sudden throw the ball on third and two, throw the ball on fourth and two. I, mm-hmm. I don't understand what they do. They want to be this throwing team, and they don't have the tools to do it, yet they can be this running team, and they do it well. Here's how bad the Eagles played in that game. That was the least number of Eagles chants I've ever heard at a football game. <laughs> That's how you gauge <laughs> things, whether you hear an Eagles Heard chant. a lot in the parking lot tailgating, but so, so in the game, nothing. Here's a favorite stat that you like that means nothing because it includes past seasons. The Eagles have never lost to the Jets. They're 11-0 in their lifetime. Does that mean that they're due? Is that, is that, is that like, what's the response no, it, no, that's coming the, here? It, it's the Jets. The Jets are 3-8 and eight, last in the horrible. NFL in points, 27th in point, uh, uh, last in the NFL in points allowed, 27th in the NFL points scored. Can Jalen Hurts bounce back here? Can the, can the Against Eagles? Against the Jets, he better. Look, it was... How could you not? It, look, if he has a bad game against the Jets, that's it. He is questionable to play with his ankle. I think he will, but he yeah, you know why ankle. he will? Because he doesn't want to because lose his of, job to Gardner because Minshew. Could, exactly. Because if Gardner Minshew comes <laughs> in and plays well and beats the Jets, which you would think he would beat the Jets, then Gardner, it's Gardner Minshew Gardner should start Minshew against the Giants. Is is the Frank Reich back up of this generation? Is everybody thinks that he can? He's better, and he'll come in the game, and he'll be exciting, and he kind of does kind of those goofy Coy Detmer kind of things. Yes, I, and I think this city will like jump on it. Uh, my weekly Wentz watch through twelve weeks. Wentz has played ninety nine percent of the team snaps, so I am on my way to getting their first round pick. So, how though. many snaps does he have to play the rest of the season? Come on, you had to have done the math. Uh, he's got to play about another 128 <laughs> snaps. I think two more full games of snaps, and he's past the 70%. Yeah. He's almost there. The and, problem is the then, Colts are winning, and so their draft pick isn't as good as it was. And then the Eagles are going to have all these draft picks and to pick more Jalen yes, Rager. I know. Thank you. Mm. I appreciate that reminder yes. every time I mention draft picks. I'll, uh, t- I'll tell you who the Eagles should have their eyes on. Nope. Aiden Hutchinson. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll watch that one. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know who they shouldn't have their eyes on? Antonio uh, Brown. Uh, do the do the Tampa Bay Buccaneers now cut him? They have to. They're not going to. But but they can't cut. Here's the other thing. The other two guys have job security because they can't cut those two guys. Well, the one guy is not on a roster. Right. So he has to serve the suspension when he comes back in the league. But the other guy's on the roster. He's on the, right. They can't cut him because they can't cut AB, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, they can cut him, but, but it would look to. bad if they cut the one guy. But I will remind people that last November, Bruce Arians said that he that a- Antonio Brown was on a one-strike policy. One and he's out. And so for people that want to get on us about the whole COVID vaccine, whether you should take it or not, that's not what this is about. He lied. Yeah, he okay? could have gotten so Aaron Rodgers lied to us. He lied to the media. But he didn't lie to his teammates in the NFL. They all knew. Yes. Okay. Antonio Brown made a fake card, which, by the way, is a crime as well. It's an actual crime. So Antonio Brown has decided he was going to lie to his teammates, risk Bruce Harrians, I believe, had health issues. And and was very serious about it. And he was walking around saying, I'm vaccinated. Now, I don't know when he got vaccinated. I don't know if Tampa Bay figured it out before the NFL And and said... Get, go get stuck. I don't know what the happened. The irony, as you mentioned, is 
these are athletes in sports who talk about how they will do anything for their team and teammates, mm-hmm. and yet they will walk in and knowingly expose them without. No, he did them. some everything. He got a fake vaccine. Got card. a fake card. All right, Jeff, we've got about six. Which was min- probably more effort than just getting the vaccine. Six to seven minutes left. I'm going to let you close with your Michigan as we talk about the championship games, but I want to talk about the upheaval in college football this week with coaches. Coaches. All over the place. Lincoln Riley from Oklahoma to USC. Hey, can we can we start? Brian Kelly now yes. has a Louisiana accent as he heads to LSU from Notre Dame. Okay, so can we talk about Brian Kelly first? He's your okay. favorite. He, he, well, no, Urban Meyer is my favorite. <laughs> He's your second I was, favorite. I was so waiting for the Urban Meyer rumors, and, and unfortunately, he kind of poo-pooed them. But uh, Brian Kelly... I'm not going to say it. Brian, people should look up what Brian, Ke- what what kind of citizen Brian Kelly was when he was at Cincinnati, and then Notre Dame hired him. Okay, and, and, and he now decides he's going to leave for LSU, where he's got no recruiting experience to go down there, and decides to try to put on an accent. That was bad. What what, what was he thinking uh, doing that? Like when people do stuff like that, do they? He's in front of a whole gaggle of cameras. Like at some point, did your brain not say, eh, "This might be a bad idea"? I would think he that. will. He will not be successful now. I, I I really don't think so, and and I don't see how he thinks he has a better chance to win a championship. I get the whole thing that Notre Dame has a higher academic standards, so it, they claim it's harder to recruit. I've heard that about Michigan. You hear that about Stanford. There's a bunch of schools you hear about. That's not an ex- so he's going to go down there and he thinks all of a sudden he's going to go to LSU and he's going to find, he's going to get all of these recruits to come. Nick Saban's still there. Yeah, Kirby Smart's still at Georgia. Yeah, I don't know why Oklahoma Oklahoma's and Texas are about Texas to- is coming in. Yeah. They'll have new coaches that but, are recruiting. But there. somehow, hey, look, if his ego thinks that this is he's going to be able to overcome all that, good for him. I, I I'm not going to ever root for Notre Dame. I despise the school because it's a rival, even though we don't play each other much anymore. But I got to say, this the assistant coach that is now taking over the Freeman. program looks like a, a stand-up guy. The, t- the players well. seem to love him. Did you yeah. see them announcing it to the players? Yep. It mm-hmm. was great. Yeah. Other than the fact and, it was Notre and Dame. And what does it tell you that it, it appears that most of the assistants stayed, stayed with yep. him and didn't go to Brian Kelly? Lincoln Riley, a lot of the assistants went with him to USC. Brian Kelly's assistants did See, not go and, with and, him. And there's there's the, the Lincoln Riley thing. I always saw him as a stand-up guy. I don't blame him for leaving because I think that this I think that it struck him as, as bad that Oklahoma was doing what they were doing. But what I don't like— I don't like, think he wanted to be in the SEC. But I don't like— the fact that he can leave and the program and then take all the, the players, rec- players yep. that he recruited, the quarterback, the yeah. running back, they've all decommitted. And I think to that USC. there should be some restriction against a coach doing that. If you recruited somebody at one school, you can't. And I understand that means it's not fair to the student they can't come to the other. Well, there's several hundred universities they can choose from. All right, so tell me what the atmosphere was like. It's now championship weekend. This weekend, you will play Iowa, as Keith said. You must I will not. Them. I will just cheer them on. Tell me what the atmosphere <laughs> was like. I was telling you I love football games in the snow. You, on the other hand, were slightly cold out there. What was it like in Ann Arbor to, to be there for the game and see a win it as was, a Michigan fan who's it was been a long the, time? It was the most exciting sporting event I have ever been to in my life, and you know how many I've been to. That's and a lot of... It, it, it says it, a lot that you would say that. It, it was 
nobody said 110 you've plus been to world thousand series people. games yeah. you've never been to playoff from, games from the moment you got in that stadium there was something and it does have to do with the fact that they've had this long stretch of not winning against them so there was all this pent-up frustration and when they scored the first touchdown a large number of us said okay let's enjoy it now because now the wheels are going to fall off the wagon and then Cade McNamara threw an interception right in front of the end zone and it looked like up oh, here we go but Michigan's running game was unstoppable against Ohio State. When and did you just, know that it, that they were going to win? Like, when did you finally feel comfortable? It's like mid-third quarter when I realized that even if Ohio State did something, they had no way to stop Michigan. And Aiden Hutchinson, and I am not just saying this because I went, I, I went to Michigan, Aiden Hutch, if there was any reason to call for a defensive player to at least be a finalist for the Heisman Trophy recently, there's no quarterback that's like standout. Kenny Pickett has done really well. There's no wide receiver or running back that's really gone crazy this year. Aiden Hutchinson has 13 sacks. I forget how many uh, how many ta- or uh, touches he has on a quarterback and hurries. He has been dominant in what he did against Ohio State and likely what he's going to do against Iowa. Warn him and, and he you know there are some drafts that have him going as the number one pick. If the Eagles get a chance to get him, people in this city will love him. Okay, so it's championship weekend. Uh, this is the SEC title game that breaks a streak of 92 games where the Crimson Tide were favored, as Georgia yep. is favored. Cincinnati, Houston, Michigan, Iowa, Pitt, Wake Forest. What's the game? Oregon plays Utah tonight. What's the game? Obviously, Michigan, Pitt. Mm-hmm. What's going to be the best game that we say? Is it going to be a Alabama, Georgia? Alabama, Georgia. Is that going to yeah. be the the slugfest? You think Alabama can play with them? Yeah, well, well, yes, because Georgia's not known for their offense. They they have a apparently decade great defense that they have ten or eleven guys that are going to get drafted high and play in the NFL for a long time, and they're they're just generationally good. But when you have that good a defense and you don't have that great an offense, they don't have a great running game. You know, Georgia's known for its running backs. They don't have a great running back this year. So I think that that means that Alabama stays in this game. I still think Georgia wins. Will you be talked into going to any football games this weekend, Jeff? No, I will not be talked into going to Indianapolis this weekend. But but, if but will you be talked into going to Charlotte this weekend, Jeff? I will not. No. Uh-oh. No. Uh-oh. I, will, I will stay inside. I've had enough of cold from last week. You've been watching from the comfort mm-hmm. of your home? Yep. There's something to be said for a couch. 20 seconds left. Any final thoughts, Jeff? <sighs> One week we're going to talk about the Flyers, but we have to wait till it's a week the Flyers do something good. We'll work How's on that? that. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Make sure to join us next Friday night to help you start your weekend in style. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.